Welcome to The Extra, the show that connects you with the issues, topics, and people that are important to you. And sometimes it's the happenings. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we featured uh, the happening of a, a polo competition that came to the Bikes Peak region. So a little bit on the high end. Well, uh, this is an event, what we're going to be talking about today, uh, that you may have associated only with Broadway, but it's coming right here. You don't have to go to New York City. You don't have to go to Broadway. You can enjoy it right here. It's a Tony Award winning musical that's going to be playing at the Colorado Springs Fine Arts Center at Colorado College, and it's called In the Heights. Now, In the Heights is by the creator and star of Hamilton, and it's about an upper Manhattan community on the brink of change, full of hopes, dreams, pressures, where the biggest struggles can be deciding which traditions continue and which traditions fall aside. So joining us now to talk more about it, we're so pleased to have with us the director of In the Heights at the FAC, Elise Santoro. Elise, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure for me to be with you. Great. Well, we're excited to hear more about this. Now, uh, In the Heights, I I know there was also a movie version, right, that came out, but a lot of people may not have seen it. So why don't you give us a little bit more about the plot and what In the Heights is all about? Well, actually, you described it quite well. Um, I think I'll add that it was a very, it's it's a very tight neighborhood uh, community, and uh, when the show opens, it's on a particular block in this a neighborhood called Washington Heights, which is the northernmost port of, part of Manhattan. And um, it is constant, the concentration or the melange of uh, residents are Latino, mostly Dominican. Uh, there's Colombian and Mexican. It's told through the eyes of the lead role, Usnavi, who is first-generation Dominican. And you get to see throughout the story um, a bird's eye view of immigrants. Uh, there's Abuela Claudia who had lived in New York for many, many years and, and immigrated from Cuba. And you also get to see those who are first generation. And you get to uh, experience the, the status of these residents when the curtain opens, of them struggling through the day, as families do. Uh, There's a family putting their daughter through college. There's a salon owner who's trying to keep her business uh, afloat. Um, There is Abuela Claudia, who has basically raised Usnavi and and his cousin, Sonny, because they lost their parents very young in life. And so as you go through these stories, you get to see the bond the community has made amongst each other and how they uplift each other. And like you said, they keep the joy of their culture, but you also get to see the struggle of each one of these residents who are feeling pulled between two homes, two cultures, two languages, and it's an inside view into the contemporary immigrant experience. I was going to say, it really does uh, sound a lot like, you know, some of the, you know, immigrant, uh, uh, and it's not just because, I mean, In the Heights obviously set in the New York City area, very dense population, uh, but certainly it could be applied to, to other parts of the country. You know, Pueblo had this serious, you know, I- Italian immigrant uh, experience right. there and, and uh, parts of Denver also. 
and 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 here in Colorado Springs, we have, of course, our own uh, push and pull between old traditions and new ones. So it, it sounds like right. a lot of people can relate. And this particular uh, musical, I mean, In the Heights, had some heavy hitters who were pushing it along. Tell us about the history of this. Uh, well, Lynn, and I actually have um, sort of a connection uh, before I even joined the show on Broadway. Lynn had gone to see The Cape Man, which was done by Paul Simon. And Lynn Manuel Miranda, for our listeners. Lynn Manuel Miranda, who's pretty well known in the musical world. Right. Absolutely. So um, he had come to see, when he was very young, he came to see The Cape Man, and I was part of that production. And he himself has said that after he saw The Cape Man, it encouraged him to want to write his own story because he was raised in in the Heights. Um, He then connected with Tommy Kale, Thomas Kale, who is the was the director of it, um, Alex uh, Lacaruba, musical director, and um, Andy Blackenbuehler, choreographer. How I entered the production was two years in. I was called in to be a what they call a vacation swing for um, Abuela Claudia, Camilla, and uh, Daniela. And by the time. It, when it hit Broadway, it was such a refreshing glass of water for particularly Latinos to come and see a production in which they saw their relatives, their grandparents, their cousins. Um, it was an extraordinary experience for our culture on the Broadway stage, telling a universal story, like you said. It, it's dressed in our music and again, um, Lynn brought this whole sense of, of storytelling through rap um, uh, and hip hop. And it was new and fresh. And yet, at the same time, it gave us the opportunity to see ourselves on the stage. Interesting. Now, you talk about your connections to this Tony Award winning uh, musical. And uh, I should say, Hamilton won the Tony Award for Lynn Manuel Miranda. Did he also win the That's Tony right. Award for In the Heights? He did. Oh. Absolutely. <laughs> Boy. Um, it ravaged the year. Actually. <laughs> um, it was. It was just an extraordinary, like, bright star. Um, you know, every year at the Tonys, there's, most years, there's always a musical that sort of, like, stands out. And In the Heights did that for him. And then Hamilton took it to the stratosphere, as it were. <laughs> Got um, it. And so you, you yeah. talked about being a vacation swing. What does that mean? Does it mean you step into those parts uh, while people you are taking in- vacation? That's correct. They they take personal days or vacation as anybody would in any other job, um, and I you just go on for them, um, and you're prepared. And like I said, I covered three roles. I did that for them for about seven months, and in the process of that, uh, they offered me the uh, principal role of Abuela Claudia for the national tour, the first national tour of In the Heights, which was 18 months, and we... Uh, we actually went through the United States. Uh, we went to Puerto Rico for one week, and we went to Japan with the production. 
Oh, amazing. I remember uh, yeah. hearing about that Puerto Rico uh, performance because that was very important uh, to Lin-Manuel Miranda to present it in his uh, native land and, and with his relatives there. Uh, very uh, fascinating to hear about that. Um, let's uh, take a short break. When we come back, more with Elise Santoro, director of In the Heights at the Fine Arts Center. If you are intrigued by this conversation and maybe we want to grab some tickets. Tickets start at $20 and there's also military and membership discounts as well as discounts for patrons under 40. You can reserve online at fac.coloradocollege.edu or call the box office at 634-5583. We're taking a short break. More when we come back from Elise Santoro. Thank you for listening to The Extra. We're back and we're talking about In the Heights, a musical that's set to be uh, opening here. It's already played on Broadway. It's already played around the nation, but it's coming to Colorado Springs and going to be playing here starting uh, February 20th, I believe, is the uh, start date. Did I get that right? Not February 20th. I don't have the right date. Sorry about that. Uh, at least <laughs> when, when, is, when do we start? I was looking at the wrong date. We actually just opened oh, um, great. on March. Yeah, we opened on Saturday night, this past Saturday night on March 4th, and it runs through April 2nd. Okay, so still plenty of time the entire month of March to get in a performance. Uh, so, so Elise, you were talking about how you uh, were brought in uh, first as a vacation swing on In the Heights, and then you were uh, rotated into a full-time role. But then at a certain point, now you're directing. So, so yes. how do you pivot to something like that? Well, I have uh, directed before, and actually I had choreographed this piece uh, at uh, uh, other places in New York. Um, and I have done three shows at Colorado Springs Fine Arts Center. Um, and I was asked to direct this mostly because they felt like it was in my DNA. Um, I had director experience, uh, choreographic experience with the show, but also I had directed, and they felt that it was possibly like a good match. Um, and they also knew that um, I am an activist in my life, and I, they thought I could bring a really uh, fresh perspective to the show. Colorado Springs um, is trying to move the needle by presenting this show to communities, as you said, in Colorado Springs that don't necessarily come to the theater or come to this theater, and we thought that we could open the doors to... Uh, a new audience uh, of diversity and um, and be able to enjoy this show, like you said, without having to go to New York. <laughs> mm. And and we're going to talk a little bit later on about what you want people to walk away with after they take in the musical. Now, now, Elisa, this represents a far cry from the stereotypical roles that Latina performers yes. get offered. I mean, this is very much it sounds like uh, a, a celebration of diversity, a celebration of the lifestyle, and instead of maybe hardship and trauma and challenges that need to be overcome. Yes, absolutely. Um, after 40 years of being in the business, uh, when I first put on the house coat of Abuela on, on a Broadway stage, 
um, I felt like my career had gone full circle in a good way uh, because after being either pigeonholed or struggling uh, as a Latina in show business, I felt like I was finally in a show on a stage that I've adored uh, telling the story of my own, uh, the genuine story of my own relatives, of the people I come from. And so it was truly a joyous and uh, beyond words experience for me to actually do the show, not only on Broadway, but across the country. And to do it in Colorado Springs with a cast of color, uh, mostly Latino, also African-American, we have Asian in the cast, um, they all felt that connection and that joy to be able to do this story in Colorado Springs. Mm. Every time you say abuela, because we call my mother once she had grandchildren, uh, she became abuela, and uh, which got shortened yeah. to Bella over the years. Uh, but <laughs> but I also had an abuelita, which was my uh, little great grandmother was my abuelita, and uh, but my yeah. mother's ab- abuel abuela. abuela that's grandmother, right? Abuela. That, that her, is grandmother, yeah. yeah. My mother's grandmother. I mean, she, I, I never was, a, I knew her. I never was able to communicate with her because I couldn't speak Spanish. I never was taught Spanish, never learned Spanish. And uh, we didn't speak Spanish oh. in the home. So it, it, it's interesting uh, because uh, some of what you're uh, going to be sharing through these stories, I mean, it really resonates with me. I'm sure there are other people who are listening right now with whom it resonates. And and you've said these stories are everyone's stories. Absolutely. Um, I remember seeing on Broadway years ago uh, a piece called, entitled Dancing with Lunasa. And it was a play that had some music in it, but it was mostly a play. And it was the Irish culture. And it was the stories of these people in Ireland were as universal as anybody else's. I was so moved, and yet it was within their culture. And I got exposed to the beauty and the charisma of their music, of their way of speaking. And the same thing happens within the Heights. Um, it, it is universal stories of people, you know, uh, being bonded by community, taking care of each other on the same block. You know, I grew up in the Bronx, in the 60s, where we were all immigrants, there were all these accents, there were people who had migrated from the south, um, and all lived in my project building. And we took care of each other, we knew each other's uh, cousins. And we, you know, it was when you were raised by the neighborhood, you know, Mrs. Libowitz from the 13th floor would call my parents if I did something in the playground that was that she knew wasn't allowed. So Everybody was raising you. Everybody knew your story. Everybody took care of each other. And we were all struggling to just get a better life. And that's what you're looking at when you go through the two and a half hours of seeing this show. You're seeing people who are celebrating their own culture and at the same time living in a different place that they are, are not only struggling, struggling, but enjoying making their own home out of this new place. Mm. And, and some of the pressure involves uh, how the modern world then starts intruding, right? Doesn't oh, it? Yes, absolutely. Um, gentrification starts to happen. 
Um, it is implied in the script, and it basically, you know, uh, makes people have to make major decisions. You know, Usnavi is struggling with his bodega, which is the word for the little stores that we are uh, notorious for having in New York, where you can get practically anything you want uh, or need. And you have a dispatch car service that is owned by the Rosarios. And they are, you know, uh, middle-class parents who are just trying to get their kid through college and having to make the sacrifice of possibly letting go of their business because bigger corporations are coming into the neighborhood. Uh, the salon owner, Daniela, has to uh, let go of her salon and move to the Bronx. And for her, in her perspective, it's a step down um, because it is something that's coming into the neighborhood and everybody's having to make major decisions about how to handle uh, economically and also spiritually for their own families. Mm -hmm. um, Usnavi is always tied between the dream of going back to the Dominican Republic um, and letting go of this bodega that he inherited from his parents. Um, and this is, again, universal. I was it's going to say, the absolutely. Yeah, it's the economic yeah. situation that everybody goes through in a neighborhood, you know? Every town, um, every city has gone through Every it, yes. town, every yeah. town, yeah. Elise, we need to take a short break here again, uh, get our listeners caught up to date on all the news of the day. But when we come back, more from Elise Santoro, who's director of In the Heights at the Fine Arts Center. If you'd like to reserve your ticket, you can do so online at fac.coloradocollege.edu. Uh, they're playing dates all the way into March, so you'll want to catch it all the way into April, I should say. I'm a month behind. All the way into April, so you'll want to catch it before it goes. We'll have more of the extra coming up. Welcome back. We're talking with Elise Santoro, who is directing the version of In the Heights at the FAC. It's actually uh, being uh, undergoing performances right now, but it's going to go all the way into April. But those tickets are sure to go quickly. So uh, do reserve online at fac.coloradocollege.edu, or you can also call the box office at 634-5583. It's fast. Fascinating to talk with someone who has such a depth of experience, both on the stage as well as behind the scenes, Elise, uh, when it comes to uh, In the Heights as well as other um, productions, even uh, other productions of Lin-Manuel Miranda, who is the creator of In the Heights, co-creator, right? Uh, yes, that's correct. Okay. One of the central themes, it sounds like, you've mentioned uh, of this production is created family. What does created yes. family mean to you, and how does this come to life in the show, and also maybe have have mirror effects in our lives in, in 2023? Well, we often, uh, I have personal experience with that. My father uh, immigrated from Cuba in the 50s and was never able to see his family uh, until three decades later. Wow. Um, mm. And in marrying my mother, who was Puerto Rican, um, he was able to sort of adopt her family as his, as well as the neighborhood. Like I said earlier in the Bronx, we had neighbors who were either from Puerto Rico or African Americans who were from the South who became 
created family. They become your uncles and your aunties and your cousins. I mean, there were some that actually, when I was a kid, I thought were actually related to us (laughs) because they were, you know, they were part of all of our events, our baptisms, our confirmations, you know, all the family events. Um, They become a substitute and sometimes the only avenue for us to feel like we have relatives, especially if we've immigrated from somewhere else. And in the show, Abuela Claudia, grandmother, um, she had been living in the neighborhood so long, and when Usnavi and Sonny's parents uh, had passed, she basically took it upon herself to continue raising them and helping them become the adult men they become when you, when we open the show. Mm. Um, it is a way to get support and feel like you've, you know, recreate a home wherever you land. And that has a new meaning with all of the Ukrainians that have been brought to Colorado and other places throughout the U.S. who've had to flee That's their correct. country and are are probably feeling those who, uh, you know, are in Colorado very far indeed from their loved ones, from their culture, from their touchstones, from, you know, the the surroundings that gave their life such richness and, and having to create that that new family here because not knowing if they can ever go back. That's correct. I mean, it is, you know, uh, we experienced it as well. uh, Aside from immigration, we experienced it during the pandemic. You know, Mm -hmm. we wound up either living with whoever we were living with. Um, We tried to, there was this separation from community because we all had to stay in our homes for so long and we already saw the effects uh, throughout the pandemic of what the estrangement does to your personality, to your work schedule. Um, and so the need for community, the need for family everywhere you can find it is something that is, that is uh, unique but also genuine to humanity. Uh, so in terms of immigration, it is a sense of, recreating a home wherever you are. And what a great time to be presenting that to audiences here in Colorado Springs uh, so that it it might even afford a time for a family to to come out of that bubble and shell if they haven't already uh, and and find that sense of community in this show. Um, We uh, have a couple more minutes before we have to take another break. Now, this is your fourth show here at the FAC, and you've won two... Henry Awards and been nominated for three, a lot of uh, uh, recognition by your peers and those who are in this arts community to know what your talents are and what you bring to this production and others you're involved in. What is it about this community that keeps you coming back? It basically has turned into a home theater for me. Um, (laughs) That's good. First of all, yeah, it's, um, I live in Vegas now, and so it's, it's not a huge trek to go over there, but it's more about how it, there's a college community. Uh, I love being around the students. Um, I love the administration at that theater. They have, they have treated me with respect, and I've been engaged in some beautiful work from Anna in the Tropics to Curious Incident to Guadalupe in the guest room, which we did 
uh, that was the first show that was put on stage at the Fine Arts Center after the pandemic. Uh And so they basically have my heart there. Um, I love the people that try to uh, put together some beautiful productions there. Um, I love the way they work, and I love the community. And uh, and certainly Colorado Springs is a gorgeous place to be in. <laughs> <I> <laughs> to mean, spend your time in, yeah. It, it, yes, it, is a, it is a more intimate performing space, I'm guessing, than what you're used to. Um, well, actually, it you know, I, I've done 99-seat houses, um, and this uh, seats 400. Um, there, but there is an intimacy to this theater that is kind of interesting, even though it's 400 seats. And actually, we use that uh, very much so with this production. We even have stairs coming out from the bottom of the stage uh, where people are coming, uh, actors are coming in from the exit doors to sort of give the, the and soundscapes that we created to give the community, the, the audience, a sense of just being um, drenched and inside the community that they're about to see when the lights go up. Fantastic. Well, we have much more to talk about. When we come back with Elise Santoro, we're going to ask her about the collaboration uh, that she's been involved with with students in District 11, how they've had the opportunity to work uh, surrounded by these talents. That and more when the extra continues. You're listening to KRDO News Radio. And we right now are looking at our last segment here of the extra, but it's been so fascinating to talk to the director of In the Heights at the Fine Arts Center at Colorado at UCCS. And we are right now uh, looking at, and I said UCCS, it's Colorado College. I don't know why I blanked on that. <laughs> <laughs> you were going to correct me, good. weren't you, Elise? It was like, nope, different I was. school, I was different school. Plus, I, I need to tell you, my last name is Santora. Santora. I'm so sorry. I've been yeah. mispronouncing it. That's okay. Okay, Santora. So. Sorry about that. All right. So one of the uh, one of the themes that is about this is is really how the community cooperates with each other, and certainly right. even you as a professional, as an artistic professional here here in Colorado Springs, have been collaborating with some of the community in the form of students at District 11. Tell us a little bit more about yes. that experience. Yes. So uh, Chris Sheely, who is our producing artistic director, um, had asked me to teach a workshop uh, because of our many conversations in which he knew that I had been a teaching artist in New York for over 20 years. And those who are not familiar with that term, it basically means professionals who teach um, uh, in the high schools, uh, in my case, playwriting. Um, And when I did the national tour, I had also done Uh, workshops along the way in whatever city we were in for students in in some of the cities that we toured to. Um, So it was a perfect sort of combination of events to come to this point where he wanted to bring in students from District 11. And I had done Heights workshops and um, I wound up meeting up with uh, about 20 students who are uh, I was told were uh, a lot of them were visual artists, so I designed the workshop for them to be able to go through the experience of creating tableaus and 
uh, writing their own version of what is home, which is basically uh, one of the main themes of the show. And so they got to go through some acting exercises and physical exercises of, uh, to create their own tableaus and their own scripts, their own little mini scripts in groups of five um, when it comes to creating a neighborhood and then creating each person that lives in the neighborhood. It was really an awesome experience for me and to meet these students, and they had a blast. Interesting. I, I love that. What is home? Yeah. I mean, so many people can yeah. relate to that. And and what yeah. did you find the students uh, were most eager to, to gain from their experience? Well, I think a lot of them are familiar. You know, they were probably seven or eight years old when In the Heights came out. Um, but they know the material, <laughs> of course. And so they were excited to, uh, because this is a way for them to, when they do a workshop before they see the show, there's already some kind of, you know, personal investment that happens when they uh, get to have the opportunity to create their own versions. And so when they finally see the show, there's that extra connection that they get from having done the workshop. And I feel like a lot of them were so excited to, you know, get in there and sort of write their own versions of home to... Uh, get up on the stage. Uh, we had a mini stage uh, that they were able to go up and, and like do their little mini scripts and physicalize those things. And so I feel like it's going to be a full experience for them when they uh, actually come to see the show. I bet, I bet. And and speaking of seeing that, uh, we've been mentioning the ticket availability and want to mention that once mm-hmm. again, tickets start at $20. So this is a very reasonable price to go and get this experience. And there are even discounts for military as well as uh, you can join the Fine Arts Center at Colorado College and that would allow you that membership discount. And patrons under 40, they really want to get the younger generation uh in there and experiencing one of these uh, uh, performances. So there are discounts for that if you're under the age of 40. You can reserve your tickets online at fac.coloradocollege.edu or call the box office at 634-5583. There's so much to talk about when you talk about uh, the story that's for and about immigrants, but also for the larger community and uh, amazing music, amazing choreography. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. hard to just uh, like narrow your, your focus into one area, but what do you want audience members and listeners to take away from the experience if they go to see In the Heights? I want them to take away the uh, sense of community. You know, again, like I said, the pandemic sort of uh, estranged us from that feeling. And uh, I really want them to reconnect with how that can be a support system uh, for them. I also want them to feel the joy and the charisma of this music from hip hop to salsa to reggaeton to boleros. It, it, is, it is our culture being filtered through the musical theater experience. And I want them to enjoy that and to get to know these people uh, personally because often things are you know, issues are politicized. But when you hear someone's personal story, it, it may 
actually open your mind to how, you know, other people live and uh, through a personal bird's eye view versus uh, a political conversation. Um, and I want them to feel the heart of these people. I want them to feel the heart of the music. I want them to walk out with a little bit of joy uh, that is, you know, and the exuberance that this musical produces in many of its musical numbers um, and see this beautiful, talented people of color being able to tell their stories in a, in a very uh, excellent and uh, vibrant way. Mm. And and certainly they'll go away uh, carrying with them the music of this musical yeah. because it's <laughs> it's memorable hip hop with a salsa beat and uh, you'll certainly get a, a little bit of the touch the the prelude maybe to what the Hamilton experience was uh, in terms of that hip hop uh, spoken word uh, music as well right yeah, absolutely I mean uh, Hamilton is sort of like the next you know, step evolution, yes, evolution of the hip hop style. And again, it's, it's uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda's nod to um, almost like the storytelling that happens in our town. Um, it's hip hop is used as a storytelling uh, device and it is very effective in sort of taking you through the story. And again, the music is just so beautiful. I mean, I, I did the tour for 18 months and I never got tired of the music. That's saying something. <laughs> that, that really is. That says something, doesn't it? <laughs> All right. Well, it's been a pleasure to talk with you, Elise Santora, who is the director of yeah. In the Heights at the Fine Arts Center. She's also performed in this, so she knows things uh, inside and out of this wonderful uh, creation of uh, the creator and star of Hamilton as well. And this Tony Award-winning musical can be seen at the Fine Arts Center through early April. And if you'd like to find out more, register online for some tickets at fac.coloradocollege.edu. You reserve them online or call the box office at 634-5583. Elise, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. The pleasure has been all mine. And thank you so much for giving me the time. And I hope that everyone comes to see and enjoys uh, our music and our stories. Well, certainly you can hear the passion in your voice for this production. And uh, we know that a lot of listeners will take that to heart and hopefully come see it. Elise, thank you. To my listeners, thank you for joining us for this hour of conversation. We've got Tom up next, Tom Martino with his uh, Trouble and Problem Solvers. That's coming up. But right now, let's take a short break. You're listening to KRDO News Radio.